Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Socially Distanced Podcast. My name is Al Manorino. I am the managing editor of thepopbreak.com, and I'm so excited this week because we are talking all things Thor, Love and Thunder, the latest movie in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. But I cannot do that without our resident Marvel expert, question mark. Uh, He has just made his trip back from Valhalla, and uh, he is also the editor-in-chief of thepopbreak.com, one of my best friends on the planet, and someone, another dad who's just as tired as I am, Mr. Bill Bodkin. Bill, what's going on? Um, I like the inference that I somehow died, and I'm now back. Uh, I also would have taken the Korg of the podcast. I've I've mellowed out in the past few weeks, so I, I would have taken that as well. Welcome to the 116th episode of the Socially Distanced Podcast. Whoa. Whoa. Um, Al, should we tell everyone that we've officially have our plan for episode 125? Oh, my God. I forgot what the plan is, so I guess I, you can I, tell I, everybody. We are going to be doing a Twin Peaks retrospective for episode 125, kind of the five to seven year anniversary of the finale of Twin Peaks season three. So we decided, hey, let's do that. And that's what we're going to do. And we have a lot more. We have a very, very busy summer coming up. So if there's some sort of pop culture IP out there, yeah, we're going to be talking about it. Don't worry. Um, And I can't wait to talk about this movie, which I saw with you. And then I saw three days, two days later again. Very true. And we can't do this. No, literally can't do this without our, Two special guests, the third and fourth member of this podcast, the unofficial, but at this point in time, official hosts. We have the better the, hosts. We have our music editor, uh, Kat Manos, and right next to her, to uh, my right, but probably to her left, I don't know, question mm-hmm. mark, is uh, one of my favorite people on the planet and one of the best names on the planet, Mr. Cole Rothacker. Cole, hello, Kat, hello. what's up? Um, okay, wait, I love the idea of us assigning each other roles. So can I be Valkyrie? Yes. And, yes. Um, can I be Sif's uh, missing arm? No, that's the ratings for the movie, man. No, <laughs> we can come up with something better than that. Wait, I actually and, have something Cole, better than that. Cole that's needs it. to be one of the goats that's screaming. That was going to be the rating system. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I love that. Um, I actually, what, what would our official, uh, if we were, you know, each character from this movie. What, what, what do we got here? I, I, Bill, Bill's calling Korg, but I, he is not the Korg. He's more of the Thor, I think, of this podcast. I, I, I am a blustering idiot, so I will. I will take that if I can get if I can get an ass like that. I'll I'll take that any day of the week. So <laughs> minus the shitty tattoo. Great ass. <laughs> Sophie thought that part was hilarious. I was like, <laughs> I want you to see the butts, and she's like, No. I want to see the butts. And I'm like, why? <laughs> She's like, butts are hilarious, dad. <laughs> These are now the conversations I have with, uh, with you know, she's going to be a stand up now, right? Oh, I hope so. She'd be, so cool. she would be great. Yeah. Uh, I'm Thor. Yeah. Uh, I feel like uh, in certain situations, I am Cork <laughs> or I, or I yeah. act like Cork. Uh, but I, that is my, one of my favorite characters in all of the MCU. So I'm gladly take that uh, cat. 100%. You were definitely the Valkyrie. Uh, of both the podcast and the pop break. Cole, I love the idea of you being one of the screaming goats. Um, <laughs> but I just feel like I know this is going to come out negative and it shouldn't, but sometimes your takes on things make you kind of the gore of this podcast. Yeah, no, I, I think that's true. 
Yeah. Honestly, I think Gore is fucking cool. So oh yeah, and we'll and we're gonna get oh. into that. We're gonna get into all of yeah. this, but oh, let's just we'll set the stage a little bit because uh, we are talking about Thor: Love and Thunder. This uh, just came out on July eighth of this summer, July eighth, twenty twenty two. This is the thirteenth installment of Phase Four of the Marvel Cinematic yeah. Universe, according to uh, the Marvel Cinematic Universe.fandom.com, which is the uh, Marvel oh, Wiki. And the uh, film was written and directed by Taika Waititi, but it was also uh, co-written by Jennifer Caton Robinson. And uh, yeah, of course, we got uh, all, all the great people back from Love, uh, I was going to say Love and Thunder, from Ragnarok, but we also have some new additions. We've just mentioned Gore, the God Butcher, uh, played by Christian Bale. We have the great Natalie Portman back as uh, Jane, Dr. Jane Foster slash the mighty Thor, which is not a spoiler. It was in all the trailers and so cool. Um, and as well as uh, people like uh, Jamie Alexander coming back as Sif, which was nice little uh, addition to see her and plenty of uh, cameos and Easter eggs and surprises that we'll hopefully try to get into within the next hour, but we'll see. But before we get into any of that, I would just love to, you know, what were your expectations going in? I'd love to hear from you guys, uh, you know, after, you know, a couple films in the MCU that were not necessarily like classics. We did get one, I feel like, with No Way Home being kind of this groundbreaking uh, and, and you know, uh, not groundbreaking, but I guess what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, Fan service fueled uh just great time, honestly, at the theater, uh, personally for me. It's like but... a once in a generational thing. Thank you. Thank you. That's what I was going for. Once in a generational kind of movie. Uh, but and then some movies that were, you know, some would say not the best, but definitely uh good additions to the MCU. But just post post Ragnarok, post Endgame, post any of these films, what were your thoughts going into this movie? I will start with Bill, who has basically just watched the MCU for the first time. Well, I mean, I've seen parts of it. I've seen a, a large chunk. I just watched Endgame for the first time. Uh, incredible. Ago. Just incredible. I think I, I cried so much. <laughs> tearing up so much. Uh, I'm an emotional wreck. Uh, but it's, yeah, Endgame was amazing. Uh, but so my expectations, this was the first Marvel movie um, I have seen since Black Panther uh, in theaters. So I was like, super uh, excited because I've now re-immersed myself because of, you know, you listen to the Bill versus the MCU podcast. I'm actually watching all these movies now and in order. And so I'm now way more excited for things. Uh, and so my expectations were very high going into this because I love Ragnarok. And then that first trailer came out. I'm like, Oh boy, they're just using guns and roses. So they're just, they're hitting and, they, and they're putting the guardians in this. It's just like, this movie just, might just be for me. And then I saw the Lego set where they had goats and a boat. And I'm just like, all right, no, maybe this movie just was made for me. So I had very high expectations. But then when I got into theater, I'm like, I just want this to be fun. So that was where I did because I had to temper it. I'm like, I can't go too high on this. But I was just hoping for a super fun, silly, awesome movie. And I, got, I got that. <laughs> uh, Cole uh expectations I would, say, I would say my expectations were moderate i thought the first trailers they put out looked very fun and 
interesting and uh i think taika is a very good director and i think he brings a certain visual flair to these movies that they don't always have all the time uh so i was looking forward to it in that regard as far as like a marvel movie i've kind of generally like lowered my expectations for them like for the most part um like i had very neutral expectations for doctor strange and i ended up really liking that um had very neutral again just expectations for ms marvel and i ended up really liking that a lot um and everything else you know like i haven't liked as much but it's been kind of like like whatever like like at this point if they're like very good then i'm pleasantly surprised and uh even if they're like decent i'm like okay that's that is, that's fine and cat uh by the way love your hair i know this is a, not a visual podcast but your hair looks awesome right now. <laughs> thank you um it is red and sticking up everywhere for those yep. listening at home it's very um, funk yeah my my expectation i've purposely been like lowering my expectations for these movies not not for any particular reason other than I think sometimes people expect way too much from them mm-hmm. and this might sound like an excuse but they're they're just Marvel movies like if I have fun that's good enough for me um I feel like people at least like We'll, we'll probably talk about this, but the way that people have been talking about this movie in particular and critics, I've, I've just been like feeling very confused. Like, why are we putting so much stake in these movies that, yeah. that ultimately are like kind of for kids? And I don't say that dismissively. I say that as like, they're for young people and they're yeah. fun. And um, I've got a perspective for you. Don't worry. Yes. Yeah. We'll, we'll talk and more I about don't. it. My expectations were not very high with the intention that like i would just want to enjoy myself watching it awesome and what are you gonna say bill i yeah i feel like yeah the dis the discourse as as we've all come to know and hate it is kind of wild it feels like it's just like everyone's like welcome to cinema 101 uh this is your first day and now let's just hear your bullshit everybody and it's just like we're going to take examine this like it was 2001 a space odyssey and let's let's really define it what it means for cinema and i'm like there were screaming goats. Yeah. Stop yeah. it. Stop yeah. it. Uh, before we move on, my, my real quick like initial expectations were, you know, coming out of Ragnarok, I was like, this, like, I can't believe they let Taika get away with it. Like, Ragnarok was such a fun, you know, mm-hmm. not only fun, but like, it was so faithful to comics and not just like, comic like you know like actual storylines or anything like that but like it looked like jack kirby come to life like it really felt visually it had um you know its own its own you know it was it felt very too like separate from what we've seen in the mcu especially like post endgame where everything kind of felt similar and and the Mm -hmm. same and i felt like taika brought something new to the table my expectations going to this were so high because I absolutely adore the mighty Thor storyline, the, the gore, the God, butcher story. that's all, as, as I've mentioned on a few podcasts before, this is all Jason Aaron, um, his run on uh, Thor, God of thunder and uh, the Thor title where Jane Foster takes over as Thor. When uh, uh, 
Thor is actually deemed unworthy and loses uh, Mjolnir and it's great and it's written so well and it's really fun and I love that you know Taika was going to adapt that so my ex- my expectations are actually pretty high because the combo of those two things Taika and the the source material so now going into the actual movie the actual experience of going to see this in the theater. I got to see with Bill. I was so happy about that um, mm-hmm. because we've been kind of excited, really excited about seeing this and probably our like most anticipated movie of the summer. I would think. Yeah. Cause I, I didn't care about Top Gun. <laughs> so everyone else did. Top Gun was one of, I think my biggest surprise of the summer. Cause I did not give a shit about the first movie. And I was like, wow, this movie's awesome. Uh, but yeah, I think this was my most anticipated movie going in. So I guess now we can talk about like, did it live up to those expectations? And, uh, you know, and then we can get into the nitty gritty about the actual movie. So uh, I'll go reverse order cat. Um, yeah, I thought, I mean, there's definitely a lot going on in the movie and a there's lot. A, a lot to, a lot. to really like it's talk slightly, about slightly caffeinated. Yeah. Yeah. Talk about and dissect and like, Taika is usually functioning at like a 12 out of 10 typically. And I really felt that here. Um, And there's so much going on with like bringing back Natalie Portman's character, but you're not just bringing her back. You're also bringing her back. And now she's Thor and the guardians. There's so much going on. Um, I generally enjoyed it. I thought it was cute. Um, I thought there were really sweet elements to it. Um, I thought Christian Bale was awesome. I'm also somebody who doesn't know anything about the comics other than what Cole tells me. I know in the comics, like Jane had cancer, but she was also Thor. I'm like, what? I don't understand. (laughs) And also after seeing the movie, I'm not sure I still understand. Um, but I really enjoyed it. Um, my, my favorite part was when they went to Omnipotent City. I was calling it, <laughs> mm-hmm. but it's omnipotent city and Zeus. All of that was so great. I yep. had a great time. Um, a lot of fun, just like cool, interesting things going on. Um, there are definitely some things I had some issues with, but overall I had a good time at the movies and it's like probably how I would compare it to the rest of the MCU. It's like middling. There are definitely better movies, but there are, many that are worse yeah um yeah i gen i generally had a good time with it and cole as someone who does read the comics did you read any of the jason aaron stuff like beforehand going in any of that stuff no i actually haven't i'm just kind of aware of it because i keep up to date with all that stuff so i haven't actually read this highly recommend god of thunder it's 25 issues you'll breeze through it but at the same time again i've talked about on the podcast uh, he's telling this like epic tale through like three different lenses of Thor's life. It's like past, present, and future, yeah. and they kind of go back and forth through all the 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 different phases. And then again, it kind of sets up, uh, you know, a female Thor who you later find out mm-hmm. is Jane Foster. So uh, I definitely recommend at least reading that. But then, yeah, I'm gonna continue. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I definitely want to read that comic um especially after seeing this movie only because i've seen a lot of people who have read it that saw this movie that said the comic was quite a bit different um Mm -hmm. in certain ways um i would say overall like i definitely enjoyed 
the movie, but I did find it like very middling. Um, I would say uh, like I had some expectations from Ragnarok, which I did really like. I liked it a lot. I um, mm-hmm. thought it was quite good. And this, I felt it was more of the same, which is like not a bad thing. But also I think what made Ragnarok quite good was how unexpected it was in many mm-hmm. ways. And this to me just kind of felt like kind of like a victory lap or just like, well, this worked really well the first time around. So let's do that again, but maybe somewhat more of it. So like instead of one Led Zeppelin song, there's like three uh, Guns N' Roses songs. Um, and, and that sort of thing, like the same price, but that's a price um, calculation, by the way. Yeah, it costs <laughs> it costs three Guns N' Roses for every Led Zeppelin song. Yeah, Makes no, sense. I I I don't doubt that at all. Um, I I thought you know like everybody's quite good in it. Like Chris Hemsworth was good. You know, honestly, the the thing that kind of surprised me was just kind of thinking back to when they first announced the movie and then what it ended up being. I felt like it was quite different from what they were hyping it up to be. I like, and maybe this was me just kind of like reading into it. But when they announced Natalie Portman was going to be the new Thor, she was going to be the female Thor. I kind of took that as thinking like, oh, maybe they're going to like kind of not get rid of Chris Hemsworth, but kind of like move him into like a different role in the MCU. And like maybe Natalie Portman will take over from him. Like I, I kind of thought that was going to happen. I did too. Before her movie. Yeah, I, I thought it was really going to be like her movie. And they also yeah. talked about how like Valkyrie was going to have a big role in it and she was going to like yeah. get her queen and all that stuff. And That's what I was my I, my mention was going to be. I thought there was going to be a love triangle between the three of them. Yes. Oh, which yeah. would have been interesting. And, but I guess Taika kind of want he's like, oh, fuck, everyone's going to think that. Let me do something. Yeah, th- that would have been interesting. They didn't yeah. do that. Um, <laughs> which is, That's kind of my big issue is like i felt like there were certain parts where they could have done something very interesting but they went a safe route which isn't bad but it it kind of left me like a little bit cold um but not like i didn't like dislike it at all i i did think natalie portman and valkyrie although they're quite good at it i I did think they were kind of shafted a little bit it felt like a lot of things with natalie were cut out of the movie i know i know taika said there was like a four hour cut of this movie which i don't i don't think they filmed a four hour movie no Uh, but it did feel like there were a lot of things left out um what exactly i'm not sure but i I, i've kind of over the years i've developed a sense of that when whenever i'm watching something i can tell like oh there was like something there that they took out sort of uh inelegantly um, yeah. felt that a lot with Ghostbusters Afterlife. There was like a whole subplot in that movie. They like, like just took right out like a All whole. Right. You're going to have to message me after because we had to talk about it. I yeah. watched that on the plane to France. <laughs> so we have to talk about this. Yeah, that's, I've, that's, actually seen that's, it. I've actually seen it. So you can say it after the podcast. too. <laughs> yeah, that's that's definitely once I've seen a movie. <laughs> um, but I mean, overall, like I enjoyed the movie. Like Chris Hemsworth is obviously like very excellent in it. Um, Christian Bale is very good. Again, I thought he was kind of, there wasn't that much of him in it though. Um, like I wanted more of him. And from what they've said, there was quite a bit more of him. It sounded like there was a bunch of uh, other scenes with him with like, it sounds like he was, it was, he was going to kill Peter Dinklage and yeah. Jeff Goldblum, but for whatever reason, they decided to, 
take that out. I have no idea who Lena Hetty was supposed to be. I would guess maybe the, if Zeus has a wife. I don't know if she might have been. If Zeus has a wife. I, I love that. I love that. Oh wow! There's there there there's a lot of English degrees getting real mad right now. Oh yeah, oh yeah. I I, I read comic books. I don't read uh, mythology, but um, same thing. (laughs) So yeah, same thing. It's American mythology. Um, but yeah, no. Overall, like I I thought it was a very sweet movie and like very very well intentioned. Um, I liked it more than like. I th- I liked it more than like Shang Chi. I definitely liked it a lot more than the Eternals. Um, so far, like for me, like Doctor Strange has been kind of like the the big one for me in Phase Four that I really liked. Um, and I I like No Way Home. On subsequent viewings, it's been a little bit diminishing for me, but I still like it a lot. Um, so yeah, like kind of like Cat said, it's like very middling but like enjoyable. Bill. So I had to, my expectations were on two fronts here and how my viewing experience was on two fronts. So originally I was just going to see this once, but during my viewings of the MCU and the complete rewatching of Stranger Things at the demand of Sophie Bodkin, one-time guest of this podcast, <laughs> that I needed to see this movie by my on my own because there would be a million questions for me to ask, be asked. And the first question was, Dad, the goats don't die, do they? And I had to give that one right up front. I'm like, no, <laughs> because she's very sensitive about animals. No, in fact, they're the heroes of the story. <laughs> I didn't want to spoil that part. So, Honestly, same. I'm the exact same way. A dog comes on screen. I'm like, cold Google. What happens to the dog? Google real quick. So, <laughs> so don't, so don't burn this theater to the ground. There, there's actually a website for that. It's called doesthedogdie.com. And they right. cover a lot more than dogs dying. They tell oh, you anything horrible that happens in the movie. I, that you they should sponsor this podcast. Uh, but I will also be using that site religiously going forward yeah so for me the expectation was um it didn't live up to the expectations as watching it as me now re-experiencing the marvel cinematic universe you know you know in hindsight essentially um i had such a good time with it because i felt taika waititi interviewed on the popbreak.com by the way you should go check that interview out i'll link it in the description um i thought ramped it up to a level of humor that like there were certain parts that I thought some of my friends who do work in, in film and television wrote, especially the part where the relationship between Stormbreaker and Thor, uh, especially when Stormbreaker comes in out of the screen and just kind of stare at like, quote unquote, stares at Thor. I'm just like, oh, man, that is that is something I would have written 20 years ago. And um, it, it's like that type of it was. I think for me, like there's sometimes there's movies that come out that it's like it hits me at the right time in my life, mm-hmm. uh, like World's End, for example, which I'm just digressing for a hot second. I've seen it one time. I own it on DVD. I've seen it one time because the first time I saw it, it was like the perfect movie. The, at, that at, great uh, movie. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, this movie is perfect. I loved it so much. I can never watch it again because it's just like I will not have the same experience. And I don't want to ruin it for me. The day I watched it, not my best day. So I, when I went in and watched it, I was like, this is exactly what I needed because it was to me, it was everything that Ragnarok was like you guys said, but amplified. And that's what I wanted. I wanted it to be more and I wanted it to be more action, more ridiculous. But I also really loved that how ridiculous the movie was. It did deal with some serious subjects and it dealt with them well. And I felt that there was a lot of, in my opinion, and I feel like artistically, 
especially when they get to the shadow realm or as I like to call it, the negative space zone, because that's mm. what I kept remembering it as the mm. manipulation of, um, of color and sound I thought was like something they didn't need to do, but it was really awesome that they did it. And it added like this different dimension. And I love the, the entire, the space fight where the monsters come off. They're walking on the planet, you know mm. what I mean? And they, they look, they look big. I There's something about it. And there is one, thing that really made me love this movie it is a long time film theory i have held and everyone thinks i'm insane for it my problem with movies but with greeks and romans in it everyone has british accent no one has an italian or greek accent and they made russell crowe do mm-hmm. an italian accent or slash yeah. accent and it yeah, was yes. so absurd and i'm just like taika waititi why are you in my brain and thank you for being there you because know it's funny it, they they filmed it twice. He did it with a British accent and a Greek accent. Amazing. The right choice was made. Yeah. Also, anytime you can make a cocktail reference in an MCU movie was absolutely brilliant. I'm so glad Kat saw it when they had the cocktails and dreams neon on the boat. Yeah. I was like, oh my God, no one is going to, there are very few people who are going to get this and those who <laughs> yes. do will love it. But ultimately I thought it handled some serious subjects. Well, it was very funny. And it was ultimately just like such a wonderfully fun movie to watch because right now in the MCU, we are very much steeped in this post endgame trauma and we're trying to sort everything out. And as fun as Hawkeye was, and you know, I am, I am a big lover of Hawkeye because it's Christmas. I am the King of Christmas and I love it so much. Although Al might fight me on that Um, is everything's based in just loss and trauma. And this was too, but this felt much lighter this felt much more like just like a refresh, like this, like we could still have fun guys. And that's what I felt. That being said, this movie could have been easily for me, 30 minutes longer. And I know most people are like, no, don't make movies longer. But when they said this is an hour and 59 minutes, well, my, my first reaction was, Oh, they cut a lot of stuff out that they don't want the, they don't want that very, I'm going to say this word, generic fan base who doesn't want to think outside of a box. They don't want that. So I feel like there's so much that was left with Valkyrie and Jane on the cutting room floor. Um, I knew about the Jane storyline from a book Al gave my daughter I was reading called uh, Power of a Girl, which and it talks about all the, the women in Marvel. And mm-hmm. I, so I knew that. And I and I was like, there's so much more you could do with Natalie Portman. There's so much more you could do with Valkyrie. And the Guardians part, felt super tacked on it's just like well they're there and i'm just like no you don't tease me with a good time with the guardians and just kind of have them shove off although i did love nebula always screaming in this (laughs) but it was it was not it like they could have done a little bit better job with that and i still love this movie it's definitely a, a top marvel movie for me because it's the it's Again, the time and how it's hitting, I love the fact it was, hey, Marvel can have fun again. And that's mm-hmm. what I wanted. So, Al, being, how did this live up for you? Oh, and also, sorry, as a dad, it was really great for my daughter. Because I was like, I don't know if she's going to like this. It really worked for her. So, like, Kat, like you were saying, it does really work as a kid's movie. And there were scary moments where I there was a little sweaty popcorn hand on my arm. Like, <laughs> uh, especially when Gore was going to kidnap the kids. Yeah, yeah, but there was so much like this is like was such a much like Miss Marvel is such a gateway drug in a positive way for kids to get into Marvel because mm-hmm. she, her favorite part 
besides the girl holding the bunny with the eyes going. And I'm like, they have to do oh, that. Yeah. They did it. And of course, um, the love of love and thunder. Those were her favorite parts. And now she's like more. And I'm just like, yes, dad wins. Couldn't get her to like wrestling. Can't get her to like football. We'll get her for Marvel. Good for me. So Al, your thoughts, did it live up to your expectations, my friend? Yeah. I mean, that's the thing. It's like expectations with this whole phase four are kind of weird between the TV shows, between the movies, there is, it seems seeming seemingly there is no cohesiveness to it. And, you know, even, even Feige said, Oh yeah, we're going to go plan the next decade. And it seems like, was this phase not part of the plan? Yeah. A little bit. It just seems did you like not plan this. Did you not plan this at all? And and it's not to say that like it needs to do what the first three phases did in terms of like, oh, we need to build up to another endgame or you know, seeker wars or whatever. But like what they've been doing now is like we're gonna kind of test the waters, we're gonna introduce new characters, we're gonna sunset, you know, legacy characters that we've had or actors or whatever. And I think going into this movie, my expectations were super high because of how much I loved Ragnarok. Mm -hmm. And I think the expectations were met because this was Taika literally getting the keys to the castle to do whatever the fuck he wanted to do. And he did it like every moment of this movie feels like this is a Taika decision. He had no one at Marvel saying you cannot do this. And I think we're all better for it. And I, I, I see people, and I think we'll, we'll talk about this probably next, about a nice little segue. People like complaining that, just like what I said, like, oh, it doesn't really serve the greater MCU, blah, 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 blah. Nothing, nothing has done that so yeah. far, really, in this next phase, outside of, outside of Loki, the season. Well, I mean... In the sense that they set up the idea of Kang and potentially, you know, him having all these different versions of himself could be the a greater threat throughout the entire MCU. And we know that um, the same actor has been cast as uh, uh, Jonathan, Jonathan Majors. Thank Jonathan Majors. Jonathan Majors has been cast and is going to be in Quantumanium. So it's like, all right, great. They set him up. They set it up in Loki. We'll see him in Quantum Medium. I had no expectations of seeing Kang in this. I have no expectations of seeing him in Shang-Chi or wherever. But I don't understand. I don't understand fans. I, I get it. But at the same time, it's like, like, shut up. Like you're getting so much content. It's great. You're you're getting you're getting all these characters. This is Thor 4. If you were expecting a 100% Rotten Tomato movie on Thor 4, you need serious help. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know what you were expecting here. This is exactly what I wanted. I wanted Taika Waititi to make uh, a fucking full-on romantic comedy in space. That looked awesome. And and it's not a romantic comedy between him and uh, Jane Foster. It's between him and Stormbreaker. It's between <laughs> him and uh, Mjolnir. Like that was so much fun. Like the things that the, the choices he made in this, you're never going to make another Ragnarok. It's just like, it's lightning in a bottle, but I, I, he, I think it's, yeah. I think it's reasonable to 
have criticism really of any movie. I think it's perfectly fine to have criticisms. Um, I do agree that I think there is way too much stake now in, and Cole and I talked about this where you think that actually Marvel is the one pushing this, which I actually do agree to, to a certain extent, the idea that you need to see every single piece of Marvel movie because it contributes so much to the larger story. And there's going to be a huge reveal about blah, blah, blah. When a lot of the times like that doesn't happen. And also that's fine. Like at no point did I go into watching Thor saying, I wonder how this is going to work in the larger cinematic universe. I just want to like watch a fun movie. And to me, I've always said this from the beginning we could pull up past podcasts. My least favorite part of MCU movies is when they stop the story so they could do like the MCU shit in the background. Yeah. It's always been my least favorite part. That happened in Age of Ultron where the entire movie stops so Thor could go sit in a hot tub because he sees Ragnarok. Yeah, but like, also, I, I don't, I don't also, also the man who should not be named does not know how to write Thor. And he didn't, he couldn't write him for two movies. Just throwing that out there. Yeah, that's true. That's but, true. But yeah, um, I, told, that I totally, I totally said, agree. I think that it's perfectly fine to have criticisms of the movie as long as it's like, I don't know, based in reality. And I, I, I don't really ever understand the criticism. Like, I know a lot of people said this about Moon Knight where they said like it was too standalone and it didn't set anything up. And it's like, if you go back Good. to like a lot of these movies, from yeah. before like th- they weren't doing that like they do no. that a little bit and it's like you know it should be enough for you for them just setting up this character and this story and this world that you're watching um yeah i i don't i don't get that criticism of all i i do get the sentiment that like like cat said i i do think now that they're making so many of these and um i think they put them out with the with the idea out there that like you need to go see us because it's a part of the MCU. Like even even if it's not like setting up things, like I feel like it is. Yeah. Like to me, like what I got, I don't know if we can we go into spoilers. Of course, one hundred percent. I I was I was gonna. Oh, sorry. Okay. Uh, sorry, our our doorbell. Um, I was I was gonna say, um, even though like this movie doesn't set up a lot of things, it does a little bit kind of like in an old school MCU way where I do feel like at some point the kid love at the end, like she's gonna become like a new Thor. Like she'll probably grow up and replace Thor. The rumor is that she's singularity from the What's comics. That? The rumor is that she's a character called Singularity from the comics. Oh, okay. They really started shitting the bed on these names late, later on, didn't they? Oh, for sure. Thor was yeah. taken. Um, but, you it know, was. so, like, if that character does become a thing, then, like, you are going to have to go back and watch Love and Thunder because this whole movie is, like, her backstory now. And I think that's fine, but I also feel like um since they're doing so many of these like now it feels like you have to like watch all of them to keep up with them and to me like where this movie kind of fail or not fails but like is like sort of lacking is like i don't think it moves along too much of like thor's storyline like i i feel like by the end of the movie 
despite the fact that he's in like a different status quo, he's still kind of as a character, kind of the same. Like he's uh, kind of a sad, bumbling guy who's lost a lot of people in his life. And now he's lost even more. Now he's got like one new person in his life. But then another issue I have with MCU movies lately is I feel like they do character development in between movies and then we don't actually get to see it. Um, I feel like that's kind of what happened with the Guardians in this movie. Like they set up at the end of Endgame that he was going to go with them. Like they were going to like go through some stuff together. And that was kind of exciting to anticipate. But then in this movie, they kind of just... We don't really see it. No. Like, it, it ha- like Bill, you even said it. It happened so quickly. Like the Guardians are there and you're like, oh, cool. But they almost immediately leave. They, they, they pretty much are just standing around in, in the background. I don't yeah. even think Dave Batista had like a line. But also like, again, I guess it goes, but it's like expectations versus reality of like, did they need to have a bigger role? They have their own movie coming out. They have their own I, Christmas special coming yeah, out. It's just like, like I feel like with the way in. they ended Endgame, yeah. like, yeah, I was expecting like oh. Thor and them to have like a full on adventure. And I also understand that like plans change because Guardians was going to be the first phase four movie originally yeah. before mm-hmm. James Gunn got fired and then before COVID. So obviously all that's changed. Like Guardians 3 is going to be a completely different thing than I think. And we get the holiday special too. Oh. Yeah, yeah, we're right, gonna right. we're gonna get that too. But you know, it's it's just imagine that's what it was set up. They just went out to get like a Christmas tree or something like that, and <laughs> just like uh, we did. Where'd you guys go? Oh, we just you know yeah. a Christmas party. <laughs> but yeah, I I would say just to kind of sum that all up. But my issue with with this movie and sort of how they're doing some of these MCU movies is it feels like it's not so much character based anymore. This movie felt like very plotty to me. Like every scene was just moving the plot along and we weren't getting a whole lot of character stuff like we did in drips and drabs, but I don't think as much as, you know, we might've gotten in like an Iron Man or, or even the first Avengers movie. It kind of feels like they're making their movies just sort of busy work and kind of like setting things up and like putting things into place for things to maybe, or maybe not happen down the line. But then like, the real good stuff is happening in between movies and we're not getting to see it. I, I think but I just have one little thing and then Al, you could keep going. In relation to Cole's last point of the movie's very plotty, it really is something you said too, which is like Taika got to do like whatever he wanted. That is completely true with the exception of one thing. Taika Waititi was told you have to make this movie in two hours. That's why it was an hour and 59 minutes. Yeah. They're like, you could do whatever you want. A disservice. Two hours. Definitely and to disservice. me, the movie, like I typically think that a lot of movies are too long um personally however i think this movie probably could have and should have been longer because so many things were rushed like i alluded to this earlier i still don't really understand how jane became thor i i really don't get it um she had she had to explain it which is weird and after she explained it it it's because it happened off screen no that's kind of the issue it's like all they alluded they showed her going to the hammer yeah doing the thing she literally says, oh, Mjolnir was calling to me and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, was was it? I don't was remember it? that happening yeah, I think ever. She, like looked at a book and was she like. She looked at a book. She's like, oh, shit, magic. I'll do that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like, apparently there was there is a shot. There was a photo I saw online of her levitating in the air to become Thor at New Asgard Disney World. Like, you know, like that was a. they, But they didn't show. That's what I mean. Like, 
Yeah, we need. There to is so that. much. Oh, there yeah. is so much that is on the floor here. Mm-hmm. I think, and I think it was her and Valkyrie. A lot was left on the floor to to do that, and I think there was a lot that could have, lot that could have happened here. Like I said, this could have been a two and a half hour movie, and they would still have made the same amount of money. Yeah, yeah. And I feel like it should have. And you know, yeah. I think Thor Ragnarok was a longer movie, and yes. that had a very similar tone, very similar to this movie. But I feel like that did actually move Thor's character along to a different place. I feel like this one, like he does at the very end but like it's sort of truncated throughout the movie itself and didn't leave me feeling sad like i was happy to see him like oh he has like a little like adopted daughter now mm-hmm. um and like that was nice but like that's like literally the very end of it. well i'll say this two things real quick because this this is a, a a thought that can only come to you when you're under the influence of alcohol <laughs> and other things is uh Thor's trajectory as a character is the same as Barney Stinson's. Moving on, um, think about think about it. And yeah, that's then, a weird thought. Yep. <laughs> number, by the way, and it's an accurate one. Yeah. Number two, oh, you're you're right. Thank you. Number two, and I wanted to get into this earlier, but I'll I'll, I'll say it now. Do you think this movie suffers? And if it's not suffers, it's there's another word for it. In the sense that this is the first Thor movie, especially post Ragnarok, without Mr. Tom Hiddleston. No. Yes. I okay. I don't I don't feel like I don't feel like the movie that they did needed him. Um, yeah. But I did watch Ragnarok, and I was like, I do like kind of miss this. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Like I'm sort of in between on that. I feel like. I don't think I don't know if he could have added much, but it would have been nice. But I, I would have only wanted him there if he would have added something to everybody's character growth. You know, it might have been nice to see him, uh, you know, him and Thor, like two like brother dads at the end or something. <laughs> but Listen, I would have loved to even if they just put him in Valha- Valhalla would have been interesting. He's yeah. guys. I don't know if he would. Not, be going there, he though. died a hero. He's not there. He's not there. No. Isn't he in the he's with Owen Wilson. Um the 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 Loki that we know and love. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. You didn't love the Loki in his series? He was pretty damn awesome. The yeah. Loki that we know and love that died. I mean, he could be there for all we know. We saw like a little yeah. bit of Valhalla. Now, is Valhalla set up as just a a nice End note to both Jane Foster and Hemdell, or is that like, oh, we're gonna go oh, explore Heimdall? Uh, I think Heimdall. Heimdall. He's done. He's done. Unclear, but I, I actually, I really didn't like that they did that. Um, because <coughs> now it kind of feels like it kind of feels like at any time now they could come. Any back. of those characters could come, like Jane. That's comics, though. You're, you can't. Yes, you can't. Like, you can't yes, be a comic book fan. These are not comics. Yeah, these, these are, are fucking. The, the source material is comics. She could be a force ghost. Oh wait, yeah. hold on. Sorry. I, I, Listen, I just feel secret like, secret war or secret wars and can secret reset thing. anything and everything. Listen, the you're Russo dealing with multiverses and time travel. You can deal with fucking resurrection. The it's Russo comic book. It was too hard. Yes, it was too hard. I will say that often in comic books, when a character dies, they don't always immediately set up like a backdoor for them to come back right away. Like no. they usually let it sit for a while. Like yeah. this character is like gone, like they're off the table, yeah. you know, and if we bring them back, like 
you know, we'll do it when we do it. And you're not really going to know how we're going to do it. Like, I, I just feel like showing her, like, even though she died, like she's, she's still alive. They, like her consciousness or whatever is still alive. And I don't know, like to me, it, it felt kind of cheap. Yeah. I, um, I, I am a sucker for a, a nice, everyone goes to heaven happy ending. So I guess I was okay. Yeah. I was okay with no, it, but, I, I, but just the Tom Hiddleston part of it real quick. Yeah. I don't, I didn't want him here because like one, it, it would have been great because the chemistry between him and Chris Hemsworth is just off the charts. It's amazing. It's great. Um, if we didn't have Jane and they weren't brothers, that would have been a great couple right there. Give me that love story if they weren't brothers, because if they are brothers and that love story, that's a different movie. And I don't want, I don't want to be a part of it, but I really love where we have Loki right now. And I feel like we've done mm-hmm. Thor and Loki a little bit too much. And th- I think that's, you're having to add a whole more other plot, how he gets there. And I think that would have detracted from the unfortunately truncated Jane and Thor storyline, which t- yeah. was the more important story. But again, that's why I wish this movie was like, you told me that someone said there was a four hour cut. I'll watch it. Yeah. yeah. Just render a couple things. And you know, <laughs> I know that's a term, uh, but yeah, that's, that's one one And I, I don't think I, I didn't add anything to the, the, where the Marvel cinematic universe is going, but it's like, we have three storylines. We have, um, Metaverse, we have multiverses, which I keep calling fucking metaverses. It's not the same. No, I one's know. Bullsh- one's bullshit. One's yeah. bullshit and one's real. And we know it's multiverses. I'm not telling you which one's which. I am. Um, and then we have scrolls, because everyone's a scroll now. Yeah. Spider Man told me. Mm. And I'm going to make that a t shirt one day. Everyone's a scroll. Everyone told me everyone's a scroll. Everyone's a scroll. And then we have street level, like Marvel. And I don't know how they come together, but well, like, and 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 except is so i'm interested to see how it will <laughs> but Wait, it's so yeah, the one it's thing a... you didn't mention bill that i didn't mention earlier but to me i mean again don't read the comics don't know but based upon what i've seen of phase four the most clear through line for me is like the young avengers like we've yes, got that's... hawkeye we've got ms marvel we have billy and tommy we america have, chavez like, Yes, we yeah. have all these like young heroes coming up to kind of like take over, which I do see a through line with, um, and I think is interesting. But yeah, yeah, I don't know that that a lot of things in the movie worked for me, but several things did not. Three kind of main things that didn't work for me. First, I think tonally, there is a lot of weird tonal shifts in this movie <laughs> yeah. where. Yeah. We have like joke, 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 cancer, joke, 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 cancer, and joke, 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 kids being kidnapped. Yeah, joke, 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 joke. and it's so you're weird. just describing 2011 for me, and you know, so that was my 2011. It was the worst. I but do hilarious at the same time. I do stand by that this movie definitely feels like it's quote unquote for kids because kids kind of get to be the hero at the end and even though they're captured like that part was like really cool and really interesting and then of course obviously his like adopted daughter ends up being a whole thing but in the theater when Cole and I saw it at the beginning of the movie a little girl was sitting behind us probably about Sophie's age and I just heard her whisper to her mom mom what's stage four and it's like (laughs) We're in a fucking Marvel movie. Like, this is like really heavy and weird. And they've like never done anything like that in these movies, too. No, no. Like, 
like I don't I'm not like against it but I also feel like it wasn't given its due diligence and I've also yeah, like read I, things from people dealing with cancer who thought that whole aspect of the movie is kind of yeah so it's again it feels it, it, it feels there. rushed at times I just feel yeah, like yeah. tonally there's a lot going on um second the part of the movie that I really struggled with that we haven't talked about yet is at the very end of the movie, basically as Jane is dying, she turns to Thor and she's like, I love you. And I was like, what you do (laughs) when (laughs) they were together for the butt scene. Yes. It was the butt scene, I guess (laughs) they were together and they broke up off screen. They broke off. uh, They broke. They were also together off screen, I would argue. And they broke up off screen. And we see more of that in this movie. I never doubted that Thor was in love with Jane. He brought it up like every five minutes in previous movies. Totally believe that. But she comes back. She's Thor. She seems to be like, Thor, I'm too busy. I have to like go fight and shit. And I was like, honestly, good for you, honey. You're going through your whole thing. And then at the end, she's like, I love you. I was like, I... I totally missed the part where she was still in love with him. That felt really kind of forced to me. I liked the rom com esque parts of the movie, but that particular part, I was like... And it wouldn't have felt forced if we actually got to see them be together in a movie, but instead they yeah. did it in between movies and then we hear about it. Yeah. They were rollerblading with Mjolnir. It, yeah. really, it was cute. Oh. No, yeah. I know. I know. We needed more of it, I guess. Yeah. Um, and then... Oh, the last thing, the last thing we've like alluded to this, but haven't fully talked about it. And I talked about this with Cole. So it's so funny that you mentioned Barney Stinson in this, because now I could just add another name to the list of this trope that keeps coming up in all movies, but now in Disney movies of uh, a grouchy guy who loses everything and then gets an adopted daughter. Did you think I was talking about the Mandalorian? Well, I was, and I was also talking about Obi-Wan, and I was also talking about Barney Stinson, and I was also talking about Thor in this movie. And Hawkeye. And Hawkeye. What is this trope, y'all? Wait, is what Barney's... is it with like grouchy dudes who lose everything and they realize they just need a kid? It's I don't a, know. It's, like, a, I... it's a good storyline, but like now, now, but now, now it's doing in their, it. Now it's in their algorithm. So now they're like, everything has to be that. It's it's so weird to me. It's like I don't hate the trope in itself. I Logan. Hate Logan. I hate that it's everywhere now, and it's like the new thing. What is that? It it also it, it personally makes me feel uncomfortable because it feels like slightly it's reasserting this. You need to have a child to be whole type thing. I know that's not what they're doing, yeah. but it comes up a lot, and it starts to lose like meaning when you see it so much yeah like, i totally agree watching obi-wan i was like they're just trying to do the mandalorian again and then watching this i was like this really is sweet especially because that is chris hemsworth's real life daughter which was so sweet to me yeah i thought that was really nice but it's like yo this trope why yeah. does it keep coming i, I didn't i didn't see i didn't see the obi-wan i i, I get all the other examples logan barney stinson because i literally brought it up yes. um and and Mando, I get all of those things. I don't get I not that I don't get it. I understand where you're coming from. I I didn't see it that way for Obi Wan. I saw it as a as a flip 
of the expectations of like, oh, this is going to be about like him and young Luke. And they're like, no, wait, actually, it's going to be about him and young Leia. Mm-hmm. And like, I didn't see it as like a like father daughter thing. I saw it as a um, father who failed the son and is yeah. trying to do right mm-hmm. by his kids. So it's I didn't like, see it as the same, but I get it. I just didn't yeah. see it personally. The same. It's it's an older mentor yeah. who takes on a like Hawkeye. It's the same thing, which I yeah. get because now we're in this stage of like the young Avengers coming up and like, mm-hmm. I get it. I just, oh, I personally feel like it's Tony. happened a lot. Well, Tony's um, Peter Parker, but he was a teenager. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I just again, yeah, it's not bad. It's just it's happening a lot, and it's starting to like lose the emotional weight that really it should mm-hmm. have. So I didn't. It did that one. I I'm totally in agreement with all of them. With Thor, I thought it, it just because it was so quick, and the whole movie wasn't that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I feel like Thor four could easily be that. I've. Thor five. God five. damn it. Number <laughs> five, five, five alive. Journalism. The, the first two Thors almost like don't count anymore. Oh, can, okay. I need, to bring, to okay. I need to bring this up about the discourse. I have seen so many of these takes. Thor is not as good. Be, these Thors are not as good. Like this is not as good because he's not serious anymore. Like he was in Thor one and in dark world. And I'm like, stupid. Part of my bad, language. Bad, my brother, bad. My brother, not not bad Thor. Thor one is an enjoyable movie. It's fine. Thor two is not. No, yeah. no, no, Thor's no. Thor is actually very watchable. It's it, like the second most rewatchable of the not great Marvel movies. Okay, I can see number that. one for me. Iron Man two. Oh, Iron Man two sucks. Fucking no. love Iron Man two as a like. It's on. I'm watching it. Is it a good movie? Eh. No. no, yeah. no, but my, no. Bro- really. my brother's in Christ. What I'm saying is, do not try <laughs> and retrofit. Let's not try and make. For the Dark World, a good movie. That movie is a piece. No, they they game. tried to do that in Endgame. Yeah, it, they no, already no, did no, it. Yeah, I, know, I just watched it. I know <laughs> they tried <laughs> to yeah. make it like count more now. Yeah, yeah, but no, but people are like, it need because they wrote Thor, it. Thor needs yeah. to go back to being that serious. I'm like, no, no never again. So and don't ever bring up Malekith again, you dumb sons of bitches. <laughs> no, you have no you idea. Could, you Bad could faith. bring up Malekith again. <laughs> you don't. Oh you, no. Oh, he is a great bad guy. He's Christopher Eccleston. He's a great villain in the comics. They did sure. it poorly in great. They just no, I, reboot I don't, him. No, no, yeah, I, they don't need to. There's there's so many to. other Malachith. El Hijo del Malachith. That's fine. He'll be the you know Dark Elf Luchador. That's great. But just don't try and sell me and try and make this like serious argument that that's a no. good movie and we need to go back to no, that. They're bad. No, uh, I mean not. like. Like literally, Chris Hemsworth and Taika Waititi said when they did Thor Ragnarok, like we're both bored with this character. Let's not be bored with him. And yeah. I think that's a good approach. And I think that's why that movie is successful. I will say, not so much that like Thor needs to be serious, but I do think the Marvel movies have now come to rely so much on humor that like yeah. I think it undermines a lot of the really good stuff. And I don't movies. know. Go watch Eternals. How much are you laughing in that movie? I okay. I haven't seen it. Oh, Eternals no. is not a good movie, but not because of its lack of humor. But no, no, no. Of, like, but a no, lot I'm, of other things. I'm throwing that to, to Cole. To Cole, Cole just said that they're relying too much on humor. But what happens when you don't rely too much on humor? You get it, a little bit it, of a turn. Yeah, I agree. It, no, it I was, work, like, 
That there's, a, there's a there's happy bounce. medium. Yeah. There has like, a happy medium. There's a happy there's Hogan a happy medium. medium. Like the first Iron Man, the oh. first Avengers, like, you know, those movies, like they have really strong character stuff. And like we get a lot of like character development and interactions. And there is humor in both of them. And like it's like well doled out humor and it's like well paced, but like now it feels like these movies are almost sitcoms. And I oh, feel I, like it just it, it it makes me like not as invested anymore. I think like, Loki, if we're talking TV for a hot second, which is part of the greater MCU too, is yeah. I think that's one that is doing a good balance. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So they yeah. can still do it. They can. They just, yeah, no, it doesn't. I, it's not every time. Yeah. They can't no, do it every time. It's, yeah. It just, and yeah, it's just like, there's I, it's like, I want to care about these movies and these characters, but like when they make like everything like a joke, like even in this movie, it's like, it's very jokey. There, movie. Like there very. was even a joke where like, I don't know if it was a joke, but like, it felt like a weird comedy beat to me when the doctor's telling Thor about Jane's diagnosis and that she's dying. And she's like, I'm sorry, Thor. Like, <laughs> Yeah, like, I don't know. Oh, like, I didn't. I didn't take. I didn't think that was a joke. <laughs> felt like it was like, but it's hard to tell sometimes because like these yeah. movies are so like ninety percent comedy that when they do try and be serious or like a little, you know, take it down a bit, then like you don't like know how to react sometimes. Th- that scene to me is actually a great example of there's something very serious going on, but they completely undercut it with a joke. To me, the real joke in that scene was she's like, yeah, there's nothing we could do. Then you hear him pounding on the vending machine and he comes in the room. Jane straight up looks like she's dying and he's like, there's a refrigerator without a door. Yeah. To me, it's it's like, now I'm like thinking about that joke. I'm like, he thinks it's a refrigerator instead of focusing on like, she has chemo that is like- Okay, so I didn't read that. No, that way at all. That was you, like you, him oh, so here's so here's why I don't read there. it that way. And this okay, because I have that same really shitty when someone's sick or I'm sick humor that is just really dumb. So for me, it was he was just like, Hey, remember how I don't know things about Earth? Oh, that wasn't me punching mm-hmm. it. It was me mm-hmm. bringing it was a, th- a thing because that's what I do, because I'm stupid, remember? And like, ha ha ha, don't yeah. think about the fact that. You're literally dying. I don't also don't know how to process this. And maybe for me, it was different because uh, have done that routine multiple times, yeah. you know, and and so I, I I got the gallows humor of it all. Like, and so I was yeah. so I felt that part of it, like to me, that I, but I can see why you're saying that, because it's like it's all it's a lot of joke, 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 joke. It's just like, well, why are you doing this, dude? Like, you know, but for me, I'm just like, yeah. oh, I'm the awkward douchebag that does that all the time. And no, like, you're, yeah. like you're not a douchebag. No, no, it's my self-deprecating humor. So I don't take it as anything like that. Yeah. But I'm just saying like, I've done that. So I get that. But if you're not like, if you're not like me who has to just joke his way out of a, a situation where I don't want to deal with emotion, you're going to yeah. be like, that why are you saying this which is usually the reaction everyone gives me when i make those jokes so i totally get why you say that because like but i didn't read it for so for me personally i didn't read it that way oh i i think there's a time and a place for it i I just my issue is just it seems like they're relying on it like too much it's like even in like the opening of this movie it's like we see christian bale's daughter like die right in front of him which is like you know seeing seeing a kid like die is like there's nothing funny about that but then like 30 seconds later he's like meeting this like kind of like weird like gross like whoever that guy was supposed to be the god of life the guy that he worshipped and like who i thought was kind of like weird and surreal and it was like right after 
like a very sad scene. And it's like, that to me is like, that's the issue where I'm kind of, you know, the tone of these movies is kind of grating on me a little bit. The one, the one other example I can think of that bothered me is like, I really did not like in the beginning of uh, Far From Home when they just opened on like Peter's school shitty memorial for Tony and Black Widow. Like, like characters I, that we actually like cried when we saw yeah, them cry. Yeah. It was terrible. And then you see like Comic Sans font and they're like, rest in peace. And it's like, oh, they're like making a joke about this. Yeah. Or or it's like when like Doc Ock shows up and they like laugh at his name. And it's like, it's like not everything needs to be a joke, guys. Like you can like somewhat take it like seriously, but have fun with it. I, I think Ragnarok is the happy medium. Yeah. Thor one and Thor two too serious not enough humor in my opinion and then this movie maybe had a little bit too many jokes and undercut itself sometimes but thor ragnarok we, we just re-watched it incidentally uh, two days ago or something because it was on and i was like god this is a really great movie because chris hemsworth is a very good comedic actor he's yeah. very funny oh, yeah. but in thor ragnarok he is not joking in every single scene like he watches his father die and it's serious. It's like a serious moment. And you're like scared because Kate Blanchett's like so oh. fucking scary and destroys Molnir, and you're like, holy shit. And then he goes through this whole stuff and there's like no jokes in between then. But then stuff happens later and there's jokes and he's like, yeah, I just lost my hammer. It's like still pretty fresh. And it's funny at that point. I do feel like there were way too many jokes in this movie because just my opinion when everything is funny, then nothing is funny. Uh, it yeah. doesn't have all the same weight. Yeah, I'm going to try to... Like, I'm gonna, I was going to go, go, Cole. No, I was just going to say, and it's like, yeah, like, they've done this where Thor, like, has been, like, funny, but, like, they have, like, kept you caring about his character. Like, in Infinity War, when he's talking about to, racket, to rock a raccoon yeah. about oh, all the people oh. in his life that, he, that have died and how... My brother died. My dad died. For died my sister 1,500 died. years. Yeah. Like, that, like... That made me love Thor. And then like when he shows up at the end of Infinity War in Wakanda with, with them, like that is like the big triumphant moment of that movie because yeah. like we've yeah. gotten to care about that character so much. And it's not yeah. just because they made him funny. They made him funny, but they also like gave him a pathos. And yeah. like this movie and like a lot of other recent Marvel movies, I feel have like lost that a bit. Mm-hmm. Go ahead, Al. What were you going to say? No, I was going to say, uh, I, I, I want to do two questions i'm going to kind of combine them so i can also run to the bathroom because i had two beers oh. um but uh sorry I, i'm just speaking truth to power and then uh then we'll get into ratings so here's here's a two for for you guys and we're gonna go um we'll go bill cat cole on this so favorite moment in the film fuck you <laughs> and where what do you want to see in thor five Oh. BRB. Okay, so I will tell you I'm going to cheat because you know You're I don't to cheat. Um, I will tell you Sophie Bodkin's favorite part of this movie. <laughs> so she has two favorite parts. One is when Love jumps out with uh, Stormbreaker because she's like, "Yes, this is what I want to do." <laughs> and two was the goats. So yeah. that's my question to you guys is, so um, I've talked to different people and the goats are very divisive. Some people are like, 
they're the worst part of the movie or they're just not funny or it's overdone. How do you two react to the goats? Because I think you already know how I feel about them, but like, it's fairly obvious that I love them so much Uh, that I then also that Ryan, Al and I were the only people laughing when they, every time they made a noise and then me, Sophie, and one of my best friends, Andrew, who are watching it, were the only people to laugh at the goats every time they came yeah. in. Dead silence in both theaters during those scenes. Oh, my God. Uh, I would say, like, it is kind of a dated reference, like a weirdly dated reference, but I've always found those videos very funny. Like, I just think those goats sound funny. They just sound like people. T- to me, there's, like, almost nothing funnier than, like, a grown man like screaming in agony or pain um okay do we have confirmation is someone voicing the ghosts or are those actual ghosts those are real ghosts i think they just took the audio from those i think they took the audio from those videos because that i thought the goats were really funny and the reason i thought they were so funny is because to me it so clearly sounds like a grown man screaming that's why they're so freaky is because they sound like people but they're not i thought it was funny wow people need to chill out yeah no they oh no they were were funny for sure it's like you know anytime like tom and tom and jerry screams like that like man scream he inexplicably has like (laughs) that's always funny to me i thought it was funny yeah i'm I'm just trying to um yeah so so So, so that was sophie so that was sophie's favorite part was love getting into stormbreaker and the goats al we were just discussing because you and I laughed every time the goats were on screen. Every time. But no one else did. Oh, Ryan did too. And then I said, when I saw it a second time, it was my my party. We laughed every time the goats were on screen. Or <laughs> the noise, but no one else laughed. Um, so we, I, we, I was asking Kat and Cole what their thoughts on the goats. Uh, because those were Sophie's favorite parts. Um, yeah. For me, oh gosh. Anytime there was... A, uh, so it really was... Um, I mean, I, I really love this movie. But like... It really was omnipotent city one because just from a um, just from a design standpoint, it's I want to live in that. I, I wanted to hang out in that world for a little bit longer. It was so beautiful to look at and it's so intricate. I was like, wow, this is so fascinating. I want to be here for a little bit more. And then, of course, anytime the God, we have Bao, the God of Soup which I very much, uh, <laughs> as a lover of, 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 you know, steam buns, I was very excited for that. I love this, the random references here and there to di- the different gods and stuff like that. And, you know, the, you know, Korg's God was there. I, and I love everything about that. The whole Zeus thing, him doing the accent, which is what I've always wanted in my mythology uh, and Russell Crowe. I've always been a Russell Crowe fan. I, you know, and so to see him just really just like, it reminds me of his performance in Man with the Iron Fist, where he's definitely in a different movie than everyone else. Yeah. And he gets to do that here, but he's in on the joke and he's so over the top, but yet gets so serious at points. And I love the battle scene. I love that I, it's a little, I'm a little sad when Korg gets blown into rubble, but very thankful when he just is a face that talks because apparently that's the only part of a Cronin that's alive. And, um, yeah, I love everything that whole thing, and then when they come into Guns and Roses, which Sophie Bodkin also headbanged to "Welcome to the Jungle" in the beginning, and it was like <laughs> I, I don't know if I've ever been prouder than of her or bo- as a father in that moment. I told my wife, she's like, "Our daughter's insane," and I love it. And um, so, yes, Omnipotent City, hundred percent my favorite part of the movie, uh, which is hard because there's a, a lot I love in this movie. 
Did you know that Russell Crowe originally wasn't going to be playing Zeus in this movie? I want to say I did know that. In fact, I didn't actually know who he was going to play. I just knew he was in it. No, originally, originally he wasn't playing Zeus. They originally, I think, conceived of him playing basically like the devil. And like, Mm -hmm. there's actually artwork of this online now. So he would have been Sid 6.7. Oh, I love that. I would have. Um, I could have been very different, for it, sure. But I also wish he played it exactly the same as the devil. Yeah, I he probably would have. I might have loved it more. But if you're gonna have someone look like that and play the devil, it has to be Matt Berry. Um, oh, yeah. Yes, please. Matt, we gotta, we gotta please. get him next. Matt Berry, please. Uh, he he should have shown up at the end as Hercules. Oh no! Oh, I, we I have I to love talk about I, it. I love who they picked for her kids. Yeah, I do, I do too. I've never seen Ted Lasso, so um, it's on my list. Right, you gotta Shut you just punch him in the head. Uh, it's like me, Bill. It's like a big Bill Bodkin show. It Everyone is. says that. I know. I don't have Apple TV Plus. I need to steal from Al. You so, can. I need your. I need your stuff. Uh, our password, like. Yeah, I just. I just, just also like time, but like. Yeah, apparently. I'll t- I'll t- we'll, we'll get to Hercules in a minute. But like, uh, so I'm done with my favorite parts. So Cat and Cole, your favorite parts or parts. Oh, did you say what you want to see in Thor 5? Oh, no, I did not. Because I forget uh, everything. Uh, what I want to see in Thor 5 is. I want to see them dive into one of the Thor villains that we haven't seen yet. Like Enchantress. Um, there's a couple other Thor villains that's like, I know they were talking about the. I didn't know who they were the destruction crew, I want to say, but I was just like, whatever, I don't know who those are. <laughs> but I was just like, I like Enchantress, I think would be a, a good villain to for him to go up against. Um, maybe a reunion now or re- then a reunion with Loki would really work, mm-hmm. uh, probably by then. And um, I know this might not be the most popular opinion, but this movie pissed so many people, so many people off with its humor and its weirdness. I want more of it now just to be like, <laughs> guys, like if you've seen uh, our flag means death with Taika Waititi's in and like he's a big part of that show, like just as they sometimes say in wrestling, make it gayer, make it bigger, make it just if that's what infuriates people, that's what I want to see. I want it to be so grandiose, but at the core of it, what makes Taika Waititi's films work is there is a grounding in humanity and real true emotion so give him the time to do it because i think there was even as much as i love this movie there is a better movie here because this is such a fun spectacle but if they gave the time to jane and valkyrie this is a better movie and this movie will like that ending will break your heart even more so that's what i wanted also, I have to give a little shout out to uh, Melissa McCarthy uh, and her cameo because that was just when they brought everyone back. I'm like, God damn it. Kind of a bitch. Literally, I was going to interject and say my favorite part of the movie was uh, Luke Hemsworth, Matt Damon, Sam Neill yeah. and Melissa McCarthy. Uh, I, and Bill and I talked about <laughs> not only the because I think we were it was kind of confirmed that we were going to get them coming back or something. Like, it was just like, it was kind of like, Oh, they're going to come back. The fact that they're in like the town meeting. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah that was, that great. was the part that I was yes. like, amazing. And Bill and I it talked about that. Like, that right they were in the town meeting. Yes. No, no, no. Like, now more than ever. We need now to that wasn't a no. <laughs> 
like that was the best. Oh. Um, and then real quick, I'll, I will say my. I'll be back. What I want in Thor five is three words: Beta Ray Bill. Ooh, yeah. That's what I need. That's all I want. Beta Ray they, Bill. They've invoked him before, I think. Wait, we need to expand for the non-comics. People. Oh, yes. So Beta Ray what Bill is, is a uh, Marvel character in like the Thor. He was in, first introduced in the uh, Thor in like the 80s. Yeah. Yes, in the 80s. And um, he um, he actually has Stormbreaker. He was actually the wielder of Stormbreaker, but um, I think has wielded uh, Mjolnir as well in the past. Uh, so he's a very, very powerful being in the MCU. I thought when they first announced that Christian Bale was going to be in the film, I was like, oh man, he's, I wonder if he plays Bader Bill. And then when they're like, oh, he's playing Gore, I'm like, fuck, that's cool too. You know who I thought he was going to be? I, I really thought he was going to be the Silver Surfer. <laughs> No, no, he, I, I could, I no, I, I can't see it yeah, actually. Cool. Wait, who is this Silver Surfer? No, no, I said that I, I want in Thor Five Beta Ray Bill. Yeah, I, I remember that someone saying that they were pitching that for one of these movies, right? That he was. I thought, I, it's been rumored forever that he was going to be introduced. I, I honestly think, I think they're like, we have too much already. We have to save him for another movie. Makes sense. Um. But yeah, no, I, I think I still want like a Keanu or someone to play Silver Ooh, Surfer. Yeah, I think he'd be fun. Yeah. Um, or if like you want to go like, oh yeah, sexy, great voice, uh, would look great in silver paint. Uh, give me Damn Stevens. Oh yeah, oh, he'd be good. Would give me some great in silver paint. He would. Yeah. yeah. Okay. They could they could have gotten back Cat, Lord come on. Fisher, but he's the giant guy in Ant Man now. Yeah. Oh yeah, he's he's giant man. Yeah, that's right. Uh, Cat. Uh, yeah, I think it, I agree with everything Bill said. My favorite part was Omnipotent City. I I really liked how um Zeus was like kind of just like a piece of shit because he's just like a piece of yeah. shit in mythology. Like he straight up is. Also. Loved Russell Crowe doing a Greek accent as the uh, resident Greek person here. His accent was like 90% of the way there. He only flubbed like a few things. Um, I've been like trying to Google it and trying to find it. In the movie, he wears like brass knuckles that say something in Greek. And I'm like, what is that? Stop moving. What? And I've tried Googling. I cannot figure out what it says, but I want to know what his Greek brass knuckles say. Probably whatever is Greek for love and hate. That's what I thought, but no, because I love thunder. thunder. Oh shit! No, because I, I I saw you could see some of the letters, and it's not love and hate. I thought the same thing. Anyway, um, it'll be on Disney Plus at the end of August. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll pause it. Um, I thought it was great. I also something we haven't talked about. This is like kind of as essential, but a small thing I really liked in the movie was this. Um, uh weird conversation of like yes these gods exist but they don't fucking do anything so like what's the point in believing in them like i feel like there was like a really interesting like atheistic argument that particularly happened in the beginning when gore like loses his faith in the god that he like worshiped and then you go to omnipotent city and they're like we're just here to have an orgy i'm like this is actually super interesting um and it's like this really small thing that's happening in this larger movie um, but philosophically, I was like, wow, there's a lot of really cool thoughts going on here. I, um, mentioned, I mentioned that to Sue, actually. And she's like, 
wow, that's actually a really interesting uh, point on religion. She's like, how'd you take it? I'm like, it was a Thor movie. It was totally fine. Don't worry about it. I wasn't. Yeah, 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 yeah. But yeah, yeah. you're right. That's that's such a oh, it's such a good thing. Yeah. Real, real- also, a lot of gods are coexisting at the same time. Yeah. So there's like there's something to be said of like, oh, maybe everyone's mythology is true in itself, and they're not <laughs> contradictory. How, how badly do you think Taika wanted to just have like Jesus in there? That, he might have. It cuts around so that much. That would have been funny. There was like minority gods and stuff. It was cool. I like. Oh that. yeah, that's what Sue said. She's like, was Jesus there? And I'm like, no, that would have been awesome though. He, he might um, have been. It cut. There's a lot they, of cuts. I, if they had done that, they would have gotten so much. Oh shit god. For it. Yeah. yeah. yeah you're right. uh, two two things. One, I think they did a disservice by saying that gore was only killed like a few gods because in the comics spoilers ish, he had been killing gods for a long, long time, or Mm -hmm. he had killed a lot of gods and it was getting to a point where it was becoming a problem. I think they did a a disservice of like, Oh, he's only killed a few gods, whatever. Like what, what um, Zeus was saying. Yeah. But then you brought up another point. And now I have to figure out what it was. Wasn't the religion. It was something else. Now it's going to bother me. Shit. generally being good no that was great he, he was, was so good shit yeah he was, that was perfect i yeah, love that I like um it might come to me um, um but i think we're still on cat yeah yeah i love that really interesting stuff what i would like to see in thor 5 so my working theory is and this is part of the reason why i said earlier that it's not that i wish loki was in this movie because i actually agree that there was like too much. You would have had to explain how he's there, blah, blah, blah. But I think that Thor works best when he is partnered with someone very odd and random or someone who plays off of him. To me, this is why Ragnarok was so good because he was partnered with Hulk. He wasn't partnered with Bruce Banner. I mean, he was for a little, but it was Hulk. Yeah. So I think in Thor 5, if Thor is going to be a big part of it, partner him with like, I don't know, fucking Blade or someone. Just someone so random where it's like, why is this person hanging around with Thor? Because the absurdity of the situation is what brings out the natural humor. Um, There isn't a ton of humor when he's just partnered with Jane, unless the, the humor is like, I love you and this is weird. Like, I like when he is partnered with odd people, namely the Guardians. That was like really bizarre at the end of Endgame when they're partnered together and it was like, oh, what's going to happen? So, yeah, Thor 5, put him with someone weird. Like, I got a, a pitch for you. Ready? Thor, Thor 5. Five. Thor 5. It's called Thor Valhalla and he's partnered with Doctor Strange. Mm, there we go. Yeah. There we go. And we've They've, actually seen them together yeah, before. In, in Ragnarok, remember he keeps he gives yeah. him the beer and then he keeps switching them everywhere. I only they bring have the, a I, lot to, to play off each other because Doctor Strange had like severe death anxiety and Thor's like experienced so much death in his life. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I bring that up too because I'm reading uh Dan Slot's run on She-Hulk right now. Ooh. Um, because it's a it's a one of the inspirations for the She-Hulk series that's oh, coming yeah. to oh, Disney yeah, Plus. No, I'm reading the like the original She-Hulk. Yeah, he's reading the Savage She-Hulk, the Stanley yeah. comics. Um, yeah, so one of the part, like the whole thing, the whole concept, real quickly, is that um, this law firm is basically starting a superhero uh, wing of like 
practicing law, like superhero law, like things that happen in the, in, in the realm of, of all the, really it's stuff. needed. It's very part. much needed. Very much. And, uh, and, and, a, and a, and a man dies and his ghost is still here and <laughs> they are making the case that, uh, could because like his soul so he hasn't passed. <laughs> he they're trying to solve his murder, and they use Doctor Strange because he can talk like to the astral plane. Like I'm just saying, like I think it would be very interesting. Oh, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. You need to partner with partner him with someone who he could play off of in an interesting way. Yeah. Like I feel like, um, Korg and Thor are functioning on the same plane and yes. you need you need someone weird like have have a vampire slayer or whoever and yeah. who's next up on the docket i don't know pair him with somebody hmm. um Gemma chan be... from eternals okay someone more exciting no question <laughs> i mean she's him, him, she's him, I mean, him and uh captain marvel that wouldn't be yeah yes she's very brass tacks she might be too busy right now yeah, she's got a couple things happening. She got some yeah. things going on. But anyway, uh, those, those <laughs> are my it. things. So, Cole, what about you? What What is your what Cole, Kat, real quick? You made such a great point. He needs his straight man. Yes. In or straight woman, like if it was, if it was more of like a buddy thing of him and Valkyrie. This mm-hmm. time around, and Jane was kind of having her own thing, and they met up later. I think yes. it may have worked better. Yes. Yes, a little bit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, but sorry, just wanted to make sure everyone knows the cat's awesome. Uh, cool. Yeah. Next, oh, actually, so correct. Uh, okay, I would say my favorite part. I like the very ending. Like, I liked when you know that he had the daughter, and uh, like they're kind of together. Like, I thought that was cool. I want to see like a whole movie of that. I'm, I'm not holding my breath for it because again, like they, this is kind of how they do stuff. But I, I think. My other favorite part was definitely an omnipotent city. And I just kind of like we were talking about, I like this thing that they're doing here. And also they kind of did in Moon Knight and kind of a bit in Ms. Marvel where they're kind of just setting up the, the theological side of the MCU. And they're mm-hmm. kind of doing it in a very interesting way. And I, I thought that that whole sequence was pretty cool. Um as far as what I would want to see in Thor five, um, I'm kind of I'm hoping like we get something with you know him and him and the daughter. Like maybe that would be who he's paired up with for that movie. Um, I think it'd be if like Chris Hemsworth's daughter is into acting and like is up for it. Like I think it would be cool if she kept doing it. That would be kind of interesting to see him acting alongside his own daughter for real. Um, but I think overall, I think I'd like to see a Thor movie. Like, I think I'd like to see it kind of wrap him up a bit, like kind of act as like a trilogy capper for Taika. Yeah. Um, and I think I'd like to see him kind of what I was expecting in this movie, kind of not like killed off or anything, but just like maybe he becomes like the Odin of of uh, of new Asgard. I guess I guess Valkyrie's the king of Asgard. Um, so maybe he just like kind of goes and like leads people somewhere becomes king or something or does something somewhere but then like we kind of spin off into like a new Asgardian warrior character that we follow maybe his daughter maybe Valkyrie uh, you know whatever they they end up doing I think that's what I'd like to see 
I'm changing mine because everything you just said. Um, so what's probably going to happen is he's going to fight Hercules. Yes. Zeus is going to be the bad guy. He's going to be the big bad. And Zeus and Hercules will fight, but then become buddies. And there's yeah. your odd couple. And they're going yeah. to have to fight yeah. Zeus's army. And then probably, like what you were just saying, he has to kind of get elevated to a different position where he's kind of, he's still there, but he's not there. He'll become king of the gods. He takes over for Zeus. He runs up. Ooh, yeah. He's the king. So we have yeah. King Thor. What's going to happen is. I think that's going to happen. Bill. Yeah. Oh, listen, Taika. Like, I could write scenes where axes come and stare at people. Just bring me in. I need to, I need to get on my job. Uh, but it's just like, I think that. And that's how you keep Thor in the background. Yeah. Then eventually he becomes the older, like Odin, like Thor. And mm -hmm. then we can move on to different things. So when you ever, so in case of emergency, you can break out Chris Hemsworth. Yeah. There right. he is because he's going to come in and save the day for the big, the big fight. If there's a culmination, however long he's going to be older, it makes more sense now. And like, yeah, he, he becomes the new Zeus and then Hercules kind of becomes the new Thor. And by the way, we talked about this obsessed with the casting of Brett Goldstein. I love that we have a Hercules that actually looks like he's fucking Greek. I don't know why we're always casting these like blonde, blue eyed people. Like, what is this? Or the, the last rock. guy to play him was The Rock. I was going right. to say, or The Rock. Okay. Well, The Rock. That, that, would, that was a movie that definitely existed. It does. Uh, yes. It does. That was a movie that existed. But yeah, it, I'm just like, great. We have another person from Ted Lasso. We had the other guy from Ted Lasso. Who? We talked. He was he was at the bar, and Tom oh, Hardy as yeah. Venom was there. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's a small part. I know, but I get excited when I see Ted. Oh, Lasso. oh, uh, oh! Football is life. Yeah, yeah, football is life, guy. He was at the bar. I don't know what movie that was. Was that part That was No Way Home. No yeah. Way Home. I haven't. Started. We're at. He was home. with. I'll get there. With Venom. All yes. right, so we're nearing the end. It's 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 been a minute, but. I'm, I could talk about this movie forever. I could talk about it with I you. Literally guys. want to see it again. So yeah. literally now that we've been talking I, about a lot, I, I want to see it again now too. Honestly, even though I I'm want kind to of so so. You know what? You know what? When you guys are here, maybe we we make a run. Maybe oh, make a run. It'll probably be on Disney Plus by then. Yeah, it'll be on Disney. Well, Plus. we make a run to your basement and we watch it there. Yeah. <laughs> also true. We could do that. Um, so as we do with all of the things that we rate, which is usually every single podcast, we are rating something at some point. Um, your final thoughts on this film, but I think we've kind of hit it for the most part of what everyone thought of this movie. Let's just get our ratings in and you can either rate it from one to 10 screaming goats <laughs> or one to 10 Sif's missing arm, your choice. Um, it's always, a, it's always a severed body part. With you. It always usually is. Always a body. Um, <laughs> what did you think of this film i'll go real quick I, I absolutely love this movie there is definitely some problems especially talking to you guys and, and going through it and talking it out like it's a therapy session um you know there's uh not not pacing but i think there is a there's stuff left on the cutting room floor this there's the pacing issues that it feels rushed at times it doesn't feel like it's um you know it definitely need a little more room to breathe especially for all of what taika wanted to put in this movie which was a lot you got cancer, you got fatherhood, you got love, you got thunder, a lot of things going on. So I think I'll give this uh, an 8.5 because it was still a great two hours in the theater with uh, two of my friends um, mm -hmm. and a crowd that just doesn't understand goat humor. So eight and a half uh, screaming goats for Something's me going on in New Jersey. Over there. Seriously, right. uh, Bill. 
I'm going to go with nine screaming goats because like I said, like this movie may slide down the scale for me upon repeat viewings that I thought Ragnarok did a little bit when I watched it back. Uh, yeah. The only one that hasn't slid down for me is guardians Two. Uh, mm-hmm. So I keep watching that and it's like really kind of in my top five MCU. Yeah. It like anytime we can get Kurt Russell, if you can get Kurt Russell and you can make me cry in one movie, you're doing something right. Anyway, regardless, it's not a Guardians 2 podcast. Love and Thunder was a great experience. I loved experiencing it with my daughter, who also really liked this movie, although it does not top uh, Turning Red or Captain Marvel, her two favorite movies. Uh, yeah. Uh, and so, uh, yes, there was stuff like I want to see the four hour cut of this because I think it'll be great. Um, I know Tech YT said, oh, there's no director's cut. Bullshit. There is a director's cut somewhere. And, you know, he's just being nice and he can't say he wants to release it. So, um, but yeah, he's he- a little bit more responsible than certain other filmmakers. Oh, heavens to Betsy. Who are we talking about? Uh, but yeah, this, there was so much uh, in this. I, I thought this was funny. I thought it was heartfelt. I, I, I love everything I should have. I probably wouldn't have liked a few years ago because I kind of fell out with Marvel. I absolutely loved in this film. And um, if I'm going to kind of try and introduce a younger person or a person basically who doesn't watch Marvel to Marvel, I might actually pick this movie and be like, it's weird. If you're okay with this weird, I got 25 movies and six TV shows to show you. And so, and I like that. And I like that we have this uh, future and anything that gets a lot of guns and roses in there. Just it's all right with me. So uh, Cole cat or Cole. Uh, I would say I'd give it seven screaming goats out of 10. Like, thought it was very good like i thought it was very enjoyable overall like didn't like dislike it at all but it, honestly it was just like there's some marvel like basically just marvel tropes at this point that i feel like kind of uh didn't ruin it for me but just like things i'm like a bit tired of seeing of. but like it's still enjoyable it's still well made and everybody in it was very good honestly i mean i think it's a good problem when you want to see more of something so mm-hmm. yeah i would say seven out of ten cat um yeah i would give it the same score seven screaming goats out of ten leading my little norwegian ship into the sunset um I thought a lot of things were really great. A lot of like the big set pieces and sequences in the movie were great. We didn't talk about it, but definitely had like a 300 Zack Snyder moment when like all of the color washed out of the the shadow realm and everything was like in slow motion. And I was like, wow, this like looks really nice. And yeah, I liked all of like the big set pieces. Love uh, everyone having a little bit of Thor's power at the end. Really cute. I think that people who are saying that this is like the worst Marvel movie or something, just like, bro, like go outside. Did you see Eternals? Like Touch grass. And that's not even that bad. No, no, really, no. We, we shit on Eternals. It's not even that bad of a movie. No, the only reason it, I shit on Eternals is because it's like, I can't believe it was made by like an Oscar winning director. Like, but that's a whole other thing. Not as well um, as yeah, no, it's not the worst Marvel movie. Like, calm down. It's it, like, a little girl has a bear or a bunny or something that shoots like, like thunder yeah. at it. Like, calm down. I, I forgot the. I forgot about that, but that was also it was part fucking of it. awesome. Like, it, it was. It, it reminded me of Shazam, which is a superhero movie I really liked, and I loved. I haven't seen all of the it. The ending of that movie where everybody gets the Shazam powers and they all yeah. become superheroes. That's right. like a cute trope. 
you get a Molnir and you get a, a you get a axe thing. Everybody gets a power and you go and you fight this man. Yeah. I love he's like everyone gets something that's a weapon and she's like, what do you mean? I have a weapon. It's this yeah. rabbit. Cute. <laughs> the one girl had her. It was her hair. Hell yeah. Awesome. I was just like yeah. very cool. I also and like Heimdall's he, son. I like that. Axel. Yeah. He was killing it. Metal. It, it was cute. It was cute. Just, just, just don't think about it. It's not that serious. I, I like, I like the comparison of the Shadow Realm to the, the Zack Snyder movie because now I'm just picturing Taika like, oh, like I want them to go to this world that's like shitty and awful. I'll make it look like a Zack Snyder movie. <laughs> and also, I love it's not the, not a not a dig, but a straight up dig of like director's <laughs> cuts suck. Yeah. <laughs> Also, the great. Crazy. he's like, you know why they're not, you know why they're not included in the movie? It wasn't good. Yeah. Like, you yeah. know what? Zack Snyder it seems like a very nice man. And very nice guy. Met him. You very met nice him. dude. Yeah. I met very, him. Very, very. You sent nice. me that photo instantaneously. Yeah. I did because I was like, please send this to Dan Cohen. He'll freak out. <laughs> yeah. It seems like a very nice man. He was nice. He, yep. That's very God nice. God bless him. God bless him. There you yep. go. You go. Cool. <laughs> oh, what do you think? Yeah, right. so so seven out of ten screaming goats. Good time. It's it's cute. Watch it on Disney Plus. Yeah, yeah. Um, so guys, uh, I'll, I'll close it out for everybody. No, I got this. I got this. No, so oh, uh, oh man, I, I, I got it. Sorry, I'm a little tired. I got this. Uh, yeah. So, uh, thank you guys again for joining us. But before we let you go, uh, would love to get a pop culture recommendation from you and where people can find you on the social medias if you want them to find you on the social medias. So I will start with uh, Kat. Um, great. So pop culture recommendation. I've been talking about it with pretty much everyone. Everyone needs to watch The Bear on FX. It's next. That's renewed. Next. It, it, it just got a season two. It's I think there's only eight episodes, half hour each. Not a huge investment. Incredible show. Incredible. Heard stressful is it? Uh, AF. It's 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 stressful, but because it's only a half hour, like you're not going to be uh, like it's not like watching Breaking Bad stressful. We're like, my God, someone's going to die. It's like the stakes are high because they're running a restaurant. It's Got so it. good. It's very Chicago, very much like a bunch of people who work at like a greasy spoon sandwich spot in Chicago. The filmmaking elements in it are excellent. Hmm. There's an episode the second to last episode is entirely filmed in one take and you're in this kitchen in one take and it looks amazing. There's no hidden cuts. Acting is excellent. Um, John Barenthal plays like a small part. That's so good. I didn't know he was in this. Oh, that's why he was trending. Oh yeah. It's so good. Everyone needs to watch the bear. Also the food looks amazing. You're like, God, I just want like diner food right now. Amazing show. Everyone has to watch. Um, you can also online follow me on Instagram under cat goes to shows or on letterboxd. I'm cat underscore wild. That's cat with a K and wild with an E. Go watch the bear. I will find out if he didn't. Yeah, and you can see cat's photos uh and, and concert coverage, music yes. coverage in general. More shows on are happening. We're 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 putting them in. More shows are happening. Yep, got a couple for you to put in. Uh Cole. <laughs> uh so pop culture recommendations i have a couple actually um we just finished ms marvel i i thought that was right. an excellent marvel thing so talking good. about it next um, week 
three to go. Bill, Bill has Sophie seen that? Because that's basically oh, like yeah. turning red. She's obsessed. Yeah. So she okay. loves it. And we have the last three episodes we haven't watched yet because we had vacation and my uh, I've mm-hmm. actually recorded the last two Wednesdays in a row. So we haven't been able to watch it. So we're hoping uh, I have zombies three. We have to get through first. And uh, Christ, and, uh, <laughs> I mean, they're not the worst thing I've ever seen. So it's uh, it's no Coco Melon, as Al can attest. But it's um, I um, will watch it like this weekend to like yeah. I'm very excited to do that. Yeah, Ms. Marvel was great. Um, I recently saw The Black Phone, the Scott Derrickson movie, the one he did instead of doing Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, and it's quite good. Instead of meaning when he was probably fired. Yeah, yeah. I I, I have no idea what happened there, but... It was um, creative differences. Yeah, yeah. I I could see why he, he... I can I can see him walking away from that, especially if they still paid him. Um, yeah, but Black Phone was really good. Um, Ethan Hawke is incredible in it. Um, yeah, those are the movies we watched recently. Oh, I saw this movie last month. It's an old movie. It's called Hard Target with Jean Claude Van Damme. Yes, I've seen it a times. It was it was it was really like it's like a breathtaking movie. It's John Woo's first American film. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's really worth your time. I think it oh, just yeah. came out in 4K. So, yeah, it's really good. Yeah, it's 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 so ridiculously awesome. And as far as where you can find me online, you can find me on Letterboxd. I'm usually just rating movies, ranking movies, and making silly lists. Uh, my name on there is it's just my name, Cole Rothacker, R-O-T-H-A-C-K-E-R. And uh, that's that's really all I am online. Um, the show I'm working on, it's going to premiere soon on what? July 25th. Um, it's for little kids. So I don't know if like the audience listening to this would be. If you have young children. Yeah, it's for preschoolers, but it's called Bugs Bunny Builders. And uh, it's, it's, like, it's it's very good. It's um, like Tiny Toons meets Bob the Builder. It's so cute. Yeah, it's a it's a it's a weird show. Um, I'll say that in like a good way, and like I think that's where a lot of the comedy comes from in it. Um, yeah, that's that's all I got. Yeah, excellent. I'll let Bill close it out, so I'll do mine real quick. My pop culture recommendation: another three words. Better call Saul. Mm-hmm. The yep. final season, uh, which is uh, right, it's back for the second half. It is, and I've been saying it for years, it is the best show on television. I'm so yep. sad that it's ending. It is better than Breaking uh, Bad. Better than Breaking Bad. I will also say that, that they, they could have been better saved than El Camino. four years ago. Better than El Camino. It is truly, truly some of the best storytelling um, and character-driven work and writing that you will ever see. And acting. And finally, finally. The Rock has come back. No, I'm not going to do that. No, finally. Yeah, Bill, that was a wrestling reference. Uh, uh, no, finally, uh, Ray Seahorn Ray has been uh, nominated for an Emmy. She's been deserving it for six seasons. Um, she better win. If she doesn't win, I'm going to fuck She better she win. Against. She better She's win. up against, like, everyone in White Lotus for some reason. Yep. Oh, who cares? Yep, it, exactly. Who cares? Uh, and I like White Lotus, and I haven't finished it. But yeah, the, I, I, there I have idea what it is. Um, my other my other pop culture recommendation is one I just started. It's something that kind of uh, I think I started when it came out, but never actually got really into. But now that it's on Netflix, I started watching, and it's something I can watch with my son, sort of. 
is uh, Spectacular Spider-Man, the animated series. It's oh, quite great. My great. boss on Young Justice used to write that show. That's awesome. It's a great show. It's a great like uh, introduction to uh, the character and uh, his intense rogues gallery and the supporting yeah. cast. Uh, there's some kind of retelling elements. It's kind of like an ultimate Spider-Man, uh, which they ended up doing a few years later or before. I don't know. They've done yeah. so many animated Spider-Man, but Spectacular Spider-Man's great. It's really solid. And uh uh, I'm enjoying it. You can find me at Al Manorino on Twitter and Instagram. You can see my photos of Jack Johnson. Uh, his first, I think his first show after, uh, after having COVID, um, it was a rescheduled show. Uh, you can see those on the popbreak.com very soon. I will be writing the review as well. Oh, what a magical night that was. And uh, I'll kick it a bill now. If you must follow me on social media, I am at Bodkin Rice, or you can follow me now on Letterboxd because I joined the Cool Kids Club. And I am, uh, uh, follow me at Bill Bodkin, um, where I've rated one movie, and that is Thor Love and Thunder. And that is Hard Target. <laughs> oh, I will be doing that next. Uh, but yeah, I've also done that. I basically, I've just, you know, listed off the couple thousand movies I've seen in my life. So uh, that's all in there on Letterboxd. As for me, for as on the popbreak.com, which we've been doing for the last 13 years, uh, you can find my editorial on Stranger Things season four, why I think this is one of the best seasons ever, maybe outside of the first season or maybe even better than the first season. I will have a Stranger Things season five wish list coming out soon. Uh, I also uh, have uh, started a new interview series. We have, uh, uh, unofficially partnered with Elm three productions and are doing a weekly Asbury jams um, interview series. Um, Asbury jams happens every Thursday night at the wonder bar in Asbury park, our former home when I used to produce concerts there uh, along with Jeannie Crump, who is now uh, working, saving the world <laughs> uh, working, I think with the red cross now. And uh, so, yeah, so I'm doing that every single week. We're going to have, hopefully have two interviews a week. I just did one on a band called 87 nights of Charleston, South Carolina, very record company, white denim, Kings of Leon's Southern tinged guitar driven rock and roll. And oh. Asbury, uh, Asbury stalwarts, uh, Connor Bracken and the mother leads band. Uh, I'll have some other ones coming up real soon. And uh, I have a ton of podcasts. One, I'm the Bill in the Bill, Bill versus the MCU podcast that drops monthly. Uh, we have our epic uh, Captain Marvel Endgame and uh, Spider-Man Far From Home podcast, which should be dropping this month. It's myself and Alex Marcus. We're also going to do a bonus episode based on the all the Marvel news coming out of uh, San Diego Comic-Con coming out this month as well. We're going to do a short episode on that. Uh, I also recently was on my buddy, Mike Haliger, who uh, you last heard him with me, Kat and Al talk about the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. He has a podcast called Detoxicity, and we talked about, uh, well, if you ever wanted to know what the human cartoon character known as Bill Bodkin is really like, uh, you will... Um, uh, I talk about my mental health journey over the last 10 years, uh, my recent very intense bouts with anxiety, depression, my relationship with alcohol, the death of my dad, being a dad myself, and uh, my recovery from all of that. Uh, so it gets pretty uh, gets pretty dark, gets pretty intense, but also there's plenty of dad jokes in there. So yes, it's like a Taika Waititi movie of a podcast. So you can do that. I also am the, with Alex Marcus, who I mentioned before, and Josh Sarnecki. First Wednesday of every month, we host the TV Break podcast, where we talk about all the latest in TV. Last month, we reviewed uh, Loot with Maya Rudolph. This month, we're gonna, next month, we're going to be doing Paper Girls. So very excited for that. 
So guys, check. Uh, don't forget for this podcast, rate, review, subscribe wherever you can on all your favorite podcasting platforms. Next week is the Miss Marvel podcast and every piece of pop culture IP coming out this summer. Yes, we are going to be talking about it. So for Al Manorino and from our favorite people from the West Coast who really probably should be hosting this podcast, this is Bill Bodkin saying thanks for joining us.